What's going on, gamers, brothers? It is season three, episode number two. Horton Brothers Grimm, a video game podcast. Welcome to the show. Scott and Zach, how you guys doing today? Doing great. How's it going? Not, not too bad. What's happening, man? Tired of, tired of wearing these fucking masks. <laughs> yeah, right. COVID-19. Me, it's giving me fucking pimples on my chin, and I'm fucking 39. What the hell? <laughs> I, it's ridiculous. Well, who doesn't remember the good times when you, you were young had chin pimples? I mean, come on. Well, yeah. You expect it during puberty, but fuck, I'm like almost dried up. What the hell? That's what she said. Oh lord! Um, if you heard so, that, if you heard that from a lady, you need to um, go to a seminar, I guess. Seminar. What is that? <laughs> well, that's my phone. That is called copyright stripes. <laughs> You've had that same ringtone for a while, Scott. You might want to Yeah, I know up, who you are by now. Update that. <laughs> we know it's Scott coming into a room. Okay. I think we'll be okay. It didn't play more than like eight seconds. So. No, it's fun. The people listening right now love it. They, they're they happy about it. Now you know his ringtone. And you know who he is. <laughs> if you hear that ringtone, you know it's him. You have just well, you discovered. Know, I, 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 keep that, I keep that ringtone for... You know, people that I haven't chosen a specific ringtone for, or people who call me randomly that I don't know. So his son is a random person. He does not know. <laughs> I just haven't chosen a ringtone for him. He doesn't know his son. It's fine. <laughs> He's just lives, he does not know. He just lives in the same house. It's, it's okay. Who is this? He probably answers his son's calls. Who this? Like, who that? New phone. Who this? Yeah, new phone. Who this? <laughs> Most of the time, it's okay. What'd you do? Oh, God. I mean, it's 11 o'clock at night. Why is he not in bed? Well, uh, COVID-19, bro. Yeah, My kids yeah. have been asleep since, like, earlier. Well, besides Mackenzie, she she decided to uh, stay up a little while. Yeah, he's staying nice. at uh, he's staying at, at my wife's aunt's house, trying to help out around there a little while, and you know, with some gardening and yard work and stuff like that. It's so been raining why. for two days. He hasn't done shit. It didn't rain for the last half of today. It's still wet outside. That does not preclude the fact that you can go out there and turn the soil to plant flowers and junk. I can tell you that it means that Zachary Horton's not going out there in the fucking <laughs> mud. But you don't like to get your hands dirty, Zach. I didn't say anything about my hands dirty. I don't like to be wet or muddy. That's what she said. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get me away from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, as much as I would like to keep talking about gardening in the mud and wet things, let's go into what we're going to talk about in this episode of Horton Brothers Cream Video Game Podcast. What do you think? Moist. That sounds like a plan, man. All right, so we got three games for you. Always, we got a future game, we got a present day game, and we have a retro game. It is a retro the, game. Yes, the retro game today is brought to us by Zach and Lucky and that Charms. Game is called Gauntlet Legends. Uh, if I had some Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. And so, Gauntlet a... Legends from what 1998 or something like it, that. It was released in 1998. That is correct. And um, it was released as an arcade game. So, Sweet. as you can imagine, 
people that listen to this podcast, if you're our age, you got the joy of an arcade game. For you younger people, I'm sorry. You had to start yeah, that okay you, boomer shit, and now you can't play arcade games. But that's okay. Yeah, the, the, these young punks, they don't know anything about that. They go to an arcade, they get to play the games that are all about tickets and getting shit from... Give me prizes. Something from behind the counter. They don't uh, They don't have any actual video games worth playing much anymore. Yeah, here's a pro tip. Don't take candy from strangers, especially one <laughs> that only charges fucking paper tickets. <laughs> yep. Anyways... And anyway, our present day game is going to be Doom Eternal. Doom which we Eternal. Have, well, we've spoken, of, we have talked about this game on a previous podcast on a future We topic. have. So Scott, what you got going on with that? It is now released. We are now, I mean, it is it is a present day game. It's something we've been, I've been playing. I've played through it almost to the end, but I think I, I had to take a break because one of the stages I was on was just, Dude's crawling out of the woodwork. It was kind of crazy. It's more like the hell floor, not woodwork. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. I love the game. Finally got the fucking game. <laughs> Pre-order finally came through for him. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll talk about the release date in a little bit. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and our final topic, of course, will be the future game, and it's going to be presented by me. And that game is called Paper Mario the Origami King that was just announced for the Nintendo Switch. And it's going to be pretty awesome. It looks great. Great, I say. Great. All right. Well, we're going to get into the episode. I think um, before we do that, though, we want you to know, guys, that we appreciate you listening today. Whatever service you're listening to, Podbean, iTunes, iTunes whoever is the best. It's fine. That's the two. Podbean and I mean not Podbean, no Spotify. I apologize, Spotify, iTunes, Podbean. Yeah, you know, Zach prefers iTunes. Of course, he's an Apple guy. Well, you used to be an Apple guy until you broke your damn phone and won't fix it. Hey, how about That's you right. send me that phone? By the way, I could use it. No, and I'm just saying, whatever service you're listening to, please give us a like and a follow, so that you can be notified of all the new episodes. Because we promise we're back on track now. We're back. Her, her first episode was, that was two months ago. I think COVID nineteen uh, happened, and yes. we forgot that we didn't have to be six feet apart. We could be six feet apart and do this. We forgot. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, we thought it meant six thousand feet. Yeah. All right. Sorry about Hell, that, I mean, guys. you know, so whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, a couple hundred miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. Corona could travel through a microphone. Who knows? We've got to be careful. Grizzly things Adams have been crazy did have a beer. We all hope that you are being safe and that you're healthy out there. And thank you for listening to us yet again. All right, so with after saying that, let's go to uh, to topic one. Zach, are you ready for Gauntlet Legends? I'm I'm always ready. Um, so I'm yeah, that's a yes. So wheat. Okay, I'll just jump right in. Um, jump we're right going to be focusing on the arcade version of this for about 30 seconds because the best gameplay came from the Nintendo 64. And if you don't have a Nintendo 64, I'm sorry. That's your loss. I got one. There he is. He's got one. I've got one somewhere. Or an emulator. Who knows? Um, anyways, so this game... <laughs> 
as for mentioned earlier in the podcast, about roughly three or four minutes ago, is an arcade game. It is a fantasy hack and slash dungeon crawler. It's a mouthful. It is a sequel to Gauntlet, Gauntlet 2. And it wasn't um something I wanted to see end because I, I really enjoyed Gauntlet games. Chris, on the other hand, doesn't like dungeon crawlers at all. I don't. So, I don't like the over the view. I don't ugh, ugh. This this seemingly was like the last Gauntlet made, um, as far as that goes, but then there they came out with Gauntlet Dark Legacy. Uh, but we're not going to talk about Dark Legacy. I, I didn't really enjoy that personally. Um, now, the arcade system, of course, was Midway, which was a Vegas company. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just your regular standard cabinet with the big CRT monitor and all those good things like that. Um, now, did they have a they had a four, did they have a four player uh, cabinet for that or was it just yes a, it was a four player cabinet mm-hmm. yeah four player cabinet and the only system that I re- oh wait the only system that didn't have uh, four players when it was ported was the PlayStation so Sony you failed uh, there hmm. um, yeah. and the reason it didn't have the four players because the the programming actually omitted. Um, whatever their adapter was, it, the the it omitted the support for that adapter to play four players, and I can't remember what they called it. Um, but it was something. <laughs> it was there. Now they called it nap time. Nap time. <laughs> now in the Nintendo sixty four version, if you didn't use um the expansion pack, you were unable to actually play the four players. You could only do the, I think it was two players or three players or, you know, it wasn't the full thing because, you know, with the Nintendo 64, they started having these games that had more intense graphics, so they needed more memory, um, right. such as like Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong was like the first one that actually said, hey, you need an expansion pack. And I think it even came with the expansion pack. And Perfect Dark also came with the expansion pack, too. And I think we've mentioned that in another uh, podcast we've had um, in the past. Mm-hmm. Now, to save the game uh, on the 64, there was these controller packs, and if you've never had to use one of these pieces of shit, uh, you will <laughs> you, you're missing out on some terrible times because those controller packs, if if they ever failed, your your entire life was gone basically because that's the only way you you had to show other people, hey, this is what I'm doing at this point. Uh, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm saved, uh, as far as the game goes. And you could, you know, you could trade your game pack or swap out or you know borrow somebody's and pop it in and play their game if you wanted to. Now there was a port to oh, it was called the multi tap on the PlayStation. So I figured that uh, I remembered that just now. Um, but multi tap, yeah, multi tap. So they they didn't even give it a good name back then mm-hmm. even though the playstation is a great <laughs> a great uh console now one thing i really was mad about around the playstation nintendo 64 era was final fantasy 7 um because nintendo lost um yeah right they lost the exclusivity of the actual game because they didn't want to go to discs but that's a different day that's a different day we'll talk about that another day i promise now you had 
four classes that had different attributes um, greater than ever you know the other uh, classes. So like your warrior uh, slash minotaur was strength, obviously. Um, then there was the wizard slash jackal slash sumner was magic. The archer slash tigress was speed, and Valkyrie slash falconess was armor. And now I don't. Ha I hope I don't have to explain what those attributes are, but I am going to go ahead and tell you what they mean for this game. So strength, obviously, or we'll just say it in general, determines the damage dealt by physical attacks. Hopefully that was clear as day to anyone listening to this. If you're a gamer and you don't know this, we need to get a special session. Let us know. We'll put you in a call, <laughs> and we'll figure out what's going on with you. Um, speed, obviously, you can move faster, attack faster. Armor, uh, you can take more damage or take less damage, whichever one you want to say. Um, and magic, of course, it determined the uh, range and effectiveness of the magic potions that you actually got, um, which I guess would translate uh, today to being a special ability uh, to anyone that you know plays video games now, because you got to have all these uh, buttons and whistles and bells for anybody to even look at a game these days. Um, and if it's too hard for them, uh, they'll complain these days as well. Yeah, and then if they complain enough, they'll the, the developer developers will put out an update and dumb it down. Yeah, they're like, uh, you can just hit this button now. It's fine. <laughs> now, yep. the initial arcade version uh, did have a contest at one point that was pretty cool. Um, they had like 500 players compete uh, to complete the game, uh, and they would send in um, a validation code at the end they you would win a uh, a t-shirt so if you see a gauntlet legend shirt out there and it's got a decent price on it you may want to scoop it up because there's only 500 of those um so for you collectors out there i know chris collects pops uh, yes i do i myself just collect little figures that i think are cool uh they usually come out of those uh, mystery figures i've got you know overwatch rick and morty um a lot of well amiibos too so those aren't random you can clearly tell what those are uh, i wish there was some random amiibos i'd buy those i'd buy those did, uh, they, did they make a gauntlet legends um pillow and bed set i don't know <laughs> but uh did you really want one <laughs> yeah i mean when i'm playing that game which makes me go <sighs> Oh, okay. So, I, can't even, I can't even talk about this game. Right? Yeah, so that's why I'm talking about it. So that's good. <laughs> now, the story of the game um, is it talks about a corrupt mage um, from the past, obviously. Uh, his name was Garm. And he used a set of runestones uh, to summon demon, uh, or a demon, a main demon, named Scorn. Uh, Scorn. Michael Scorn? No, no, Scorn. Scorn. Uh, just Scorn. <laughs> Scorn actually... Uh, office fans will get that. Crushed Garm, the mage, crushed him, and in, and imprisoned his soul into the underworld. Um, so, Scorn, fearing that he feared the power of the runestones, he scattered them through the realms. So basically, you gotta go through 13 uh, realms and kill a bunch of shit. 
uh, in a dungeon crawler um, that is hard. It's not an easy game. If you if you think it's an easy game, then God have mercy on your soul. And uh, if you can find an actual <laughs> arcade version of this game, uh, you might want to take some money uh, with you, a lot of money. Um, you're going to need a couple rolls of quarters at least uh, to get through this game because it does let you continue, and it's and you level up as you go. Um, and you buy different things or level up different things, which was a pretty cool part of the game, in my opinion. <clears throat> but if you like dungeon crawlers, like I do, such as Diablo, uh, and you've never played Gauntlet at all, you can start off on the regular Nintendo, play Gauntlet, Gauntlet 2, and then uh, move up to the 64. Or if you can find the arcade version, play Gauntlet Legends. Now, do you guys have any questions? Um... First off, uh -huh. um, how do you stay awake when you play this game? I'm just really curious. Well, first, <laughs> you find three other people that enjoy the same things that you do, and then you call them your friends. And then you start playing the game, and you feed off each other's energy, sort of like a, uh <laughs> emotional vampire, per se. And that's a good show, by the way. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, I think is the name of it. Pretty good. The, the movie's really good. Yeah. I haven't watched the show yet, though. The show is funny as hell. Um, the the guy that played uh, Renum's son in uh, IT Crowd is in that, and it, it's fucking hilarious. I don't, I'm not sure what his name is. His name is uh, Matt. Matt Barry. That's it. Barry, yeah. yes. <clears throat> yeah, I, I do need to watch that show. And Gaunt, I'm just kidding about Gaunt Legend. I know you guys love this game. I used to watch y'all play it. I just wasn't... It wasn't my game, but... Uh... I just, I just being I'm watching some video of it right now, and I remember this game a lot. Watching you guys play it on the 64. I know Zach for sure. I watched you play it a good bit. Yeah, I played the crap out of this game. Um, and a, another big thing about it was, um, it being Midway. Midway was they did a lot of games back then. I don't know whatever happened to them. They're probably owned by somebody by now. I'm sure they went back to their you know, like slot machine, gaming machine roots. Well, I'm just going to look up who owns Midway or if they that's own some other stuff. That's where they, that's where they sort of. It's commonly they, known today as simply Midway. Yeah. They made a lot of arcade machines, but they also made a lot of um, gambling gaming machines. Looks like they owned by Warner Brothers now. Yeah, it looks like they fell in 2010 as far as them being by themselves. But that's your Mortal Kombat. That's your uh, NBA Jam. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you enjoyed any of those types of games, you you like Midway. So I guess the, you said that who owned them? Warner uh, Brothers? Warner Brothers bought out their assets after they filed bankruptcy in 2010. Damn. Well, sorry, Midway. We did enjoy you. Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers is like, boom, shakalaka. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Nothing but net. He's on fire. <laughs> anyway, last thing I'll say is there is a password system uh, on this game. Um, you can get all the characters to a maximum level of 99 and each of their attributes to 999. But just like any other uh, kind of role-playing game. So... That's one thing they didn't set, you know, describe the game as a role player, but you kind of are playing a role, so just me. Well, this game also looks like 
a predator. It looks like World of War, World of Warcraft, right? That's what this game looks like to me. Well, um, the white, the angles, and yeah, stuff. yeah. Well, you can in World of Warcraft, you can actually get um, better angles as, if you want to. Uh, that's yeah, up to yeah. you. But this game yeah, was strictly control. top down. Uh, yeah, angles. Unless just, you read the story. Now, what I was, uh, yeah, what I was trying to say on that was that it just. I can see why you enjoyed these because this is like something you still play a lot of. Oh yeah, any kind of fantasy games. stuff is yeah. is great. I mean, hell, Final Fantasy, come on, hands down. Uh, so I can't sit here and tell you that I hate all games that look like this, but not. I don't. I don't guess I play a lot of them. We'll say that. Yeah, there are some. I will have you play Diablo Four. Will you'll play? Uh. Maybe. Yeah, I, I want to play that one. That looks like it. It's going to be pretty badass. The graphics are much better. Uh, the you might game have a better shot to get me play Minecraft Dungeons. Well, what I'm saying, Diablo Four <laughs> is going to have the gameplay uh, changed up a bit. So okay. you'll, we'll, we'll talk about. We'll it. play that sure. by I'll, year. I'll I'll stay open to it. Cool. But if you, any of you guys are listening, have any questions, shoot us a message at. I'm waiting on somebody to tell you the website, but they're at six zero one. No, not not <laughs> no, not the phone numbers. <laughs> HortonBrothersGrim.com is That's it. the website. That is correct. Or actually, no, it's HortonGrim.com. HortonGrim.com now. Is it just oh, Grim? HortonGrim.com. Okay. Yeah. It's HortonGrim or the message just Grim. The HortonGrim. That's Horton what I said. Grim.com. Right. I was just repeating it. Oh, okay. Scott didn't read the message, apparently. Oh, Scott. That is my You bad. son of a bitch. My bad. Because, well, I'll tell you what happened, since we're talking to the listeners right now, too. I apparently... Forgot to reserve the name, guaranteed. Forgot to pay the um, yearly payments. Oh. I forgot, to, I didn't check the email, and they sent a thing, hey, it's time, for, I didn't set it up to, to take it out automatically. Oh, oh, so I'm not the only one who doesn't read the messages, huh? Holy shirt uh, balls. I forgot to check the email, and then it's like, oh, it's, I tried to go to HortonBrothersGrim.com today, <laughs> and now they've got it up for auction. We have to <laughs> we have to bid on our own website. Wow. Give them a so dollar. I like, so I was like, I wonder how much HortonGrim.com costs. Oh, that's $11. <laughs> got it. Yeah, yeah y'all can keep your bullshit. Plus, it's shorter, and it's easier to remember now. And it's actually more valuable, according to GoDaddy, HortonGrim.com is more valuable than HortonBrothersGrim.com. Wow. How did that even Interesting. Know? I bet because it's shorter and it's easier to type in. Yep. So HortonGrim.com. I like HortonGrim. It'll take you straight to Podbean. I'm beans. actually watching the website right now. I'm watching the show of me winning a race. Oh, sweet. And Mega also Man redesigned X. the website, so it's got a cleaner look now, I think. Our, our new logo for Season 3 is up on top of the screen, and everything looks really, really good. Oh, sweet. I don't know. Have I, have I seen the logo for Season 3? Probably, but I don't know. Maybe There's not. There's a logo for Season 3? Yeah. <laughs> is it the one I'll with the controller with headphones? Or Yes. Okay. Which turned out really good. Yes, I've seen this logo. But the website looks a lot, it's a lot cleaner looking now. 
So we actually look like we're in 2020 again. Oh, so we got Pornhub on there too, or? Heck yeah. Okay. Uh, Pornhub.com slash Horton Brothers Grimm. <laughs> Take you straight to uh, YouTube. Lots of Gauntlet Legends fantasy fiction type stuff. <laughs> oh my I'm going to look up and see if I can find uh, Gauntlet Legends, a playable version, and uh, try to play it. That'd be great. You should. You really should. And maybe we can get our YouTube channel back up and running. Or I could give a, a tribute using the Steam, because there is a Gauntlet game on Steam, the, a newer one, a remake. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it just wasn't produced by um, Atari, I don't think. I think it was somebody else. Let's see who it was. Anyway, talk amongst yourself. <laughs> well, here's what we're going to do. While Zach is researching that, Scott, did you have any other thoughts on Gauntlet Legends? Um, the only thoughts I had about that game is, I mean, I, I enjoyed playing it. It was fun for a little while when I was, you know, younger playing with a sixty-four, and I enjoyed it more in the arcade than I did on the home console because the graphics had a better appearance, and it was just, I don't know, the con, the the the, the arcade cabinet had more. Um, it had more power behind it, so it could do more with the, you know, the the screen, you know, with the graphics and stuff. So, the oh, yeah, for sure, the home console port wasn't as uh, visually striking as as the arcade was. But otherwise, you know, I, I like dungeon crawlers. I think they're cool. And that's cool. I mean, I I do give them a hard time because I don't know. It's it's never been like my, my, he's just my not genre. He's just not as but, good uh, at games as us. It's fine. That's probably true too. I know it's but, true. <laughs> it does look nice. It's it's really a cool. It's got really cool characters and the and the battles are pretty uh, intense on that game. Very mm-hmm. true. Yeah. Very true. Oh yeah, awesome. it's just well, called Gauntlet on Steam uh, Slayer Edition. I think it's in, yeah. So is that the actual Gauntlet Legends game? They just changed. No, the that's a it's a remake of Gauntlet in general, but uh, it's kind of like Gauntlet Legends because you can level up some stuff while you're playing. It's hard as what fuck the... though. It's a hard game. It's not it's not easy. Me and me and Maggard uh, or Boogeyman uh, played it together. We probably will again soon. I want to see if he wants to maybe stream it or something. Heck yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, those games like that, uh, you know, the old school dungeon crawlers and stuff, they, they were not, were not forgiving at all. I mean, they, you had to, you had to be careful while you were playing because if you, if you didn't want to use a lot of continues, you had, you, you had mean, to really understand you mean what fucking you were doing. quarters. Do what? You mean quarters. <laughs> well, I'm if kidding, you're playing yes. at home, you can yeah. use a lot of continues, but if you didn't want to use a lot of quarters, yeah, for sure. In the, in the arcade, anyway. It's yeah, true. it was in that vein. I mean, you you had the four players. So, I mean, think about all the quarters that that, that machines that's, were making, man. That's at least a dollar know. each time you uh, get a extra man or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. All right, well, I guess we have... We put a good talk in on that one. That was good. We did. It's um, it's a great game. Uh, give it a shot. Uh, if you want to play maybe uh, the newer Gauntlet with me, let us know. Send us a message on Horton Grimm there, and I'll see about getting to you, and we might be able to play it on Steam together. Booyah. Hit him up. 
All right, well, we're going to take a little quick break here. We're going to have a soundtrack spotlight for you. Scott's bringing it to you. Um, probably on this game we just got through talking about, Gauntlet Legends. So enjoy the spotlights, and we will see you for segment number two today, which will be our present-day game, Doom Eternal. And, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks. We'll see you in a second. Hey there, listeners. Scott here with Horton Brothers Grimm, bringing you another edition of the Soundtrack Spotlight. Today's Spotlight, we'll be shining on Gauntlet Legends. This was an arcade game released back in 1998 by Atari Games. The soundtrack for this game was pretty intense, man. They had a lot of really hard, heavy-hitting, driving music. You know, The first track I'm going to play for you is track number 18 off the soundtrack. And it's pretty typical of the music you'd get from hack and slash dungeon crawlers back in the day. Just uh, give it a listen and uh, see what you think. All right, listeners, hope you enjoyed that track. It was a lot of fun. And uh, coming up next, we've got a track that is also pretty intense. got a lot of heavy drums, a lot of horn music, a lot of just really fantasy movie type stuff. You know, you can almost see Conan the Barbarian swinging a sword and smacking people around. So uh, this is actually track number 19 off of the soundtrack. Here, give this one a listen and uh, let us know what you think in the comments. Okay, guys, next track I have for you, last but not least, is track number 20 on the soundtrack for Gauntlet Legends, and it really reminds me of the scenes where, you know, the Barbarian and his band of warriors were on horseback riding across the open plain going to the next battle or riding into the sunset towards the ends of the movies. So give this track a listen and see what you think about it. Okay, guys, that's been the Soundtrack Spotlight. Hope you've enjoyed this feature of the music from Gauntlet Legends. Stick around for the rest of the podcast and enjoy this episode. Carol Baskin, welcome to segment two of Horton Brothers Grand Video Game Podcast, season three, episode two. It's going to be the present day game. Scott, you're talking about Doom Eternal. Um, first question I have for you before you start is, when is the release date for this game? You know, that's an interesting thing. The release date for Doom Eternal was March the 20th, 2000, uh, yes, 2020, not 
December 31st, 2018, as previously discussed. You know, somebody, <laughs> I don't know who that guy was, but he said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> what kind of dummy it's a great thought quote. that that was the release date? I, you know, they were selling a pre-order, and, and I knew this guy that, that, you know, he thought he was getting it for Christmas, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And that guy's friends can eat dicks. <laughs> including his brothers <laughs> yeah well, well I'll, be, I'll be sure and pass the message along to his brothers how about that yes, yeah we'll let him know do that we still we still love him though it's okay <laughs> so mm. anyway D- doom eternal was developed by id software for all platforms except for the Nintendo Switch, and it is what? coming for the Nintendo Switch. Yeah, okay, they, I'm got, happy they got to dummy it down. Uh, yeah, that for the development Switch. is is being handled by a company called Panic Button. Yes, Panic Button. Mm-hmm. Yes, doesn't and, doesn't give me a positive vibe about that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, you need to do some research on them before you start dogging them. I'm not dogging them. I'm just kidding. They right. they yeah, have Panic several Button. games. It's like, oh shit, here we go. <laughs> I'm sure I've probably played games by Panic Button. Just don't realize it, right? the uh, The game was published by Bethesda Softworks for the platforms Windows, PC, PlayStation Four, Xbox, and Stadia. Currently, yeah. it's only available on those platforms. It is coming soon to Nintendo Switch. Just the game engine. Go ahead. Was ID Tech Seven, uh-huh. and it is I'm a not- first person shooter. Which you 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 got something? Yeah, I'm not here to tell you good things about the Stadia, by the way, just saying. Oh, yeah, Google Stadia? No, that's garbage. I haven't heard anything good about it either, mm-hmm. I haven't really looked into it that much. I, I will throw some games at you. Torchlight 2, um, Subnautica, Hub, Warframe, Rocket Subnautica's League. a solid game. I like Rocket League. what I played of it. Rocket League's okay, I guess. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of hours in Rocket League. Right. I can tell you what, how many I have. Uh, One thousand and ten hours. Rocket League. That's that's just what's recorded on Steam. Dang. Yeah. Great game. Anyway, moving on. Doom Eternal. So <laughs> yeah, the uh, the genre, of course, is first person shooter because you know it's Doom. Uh, you have two or three game modes. the The main game mode, of course, is the single player campaign, and then there's. Uh, some multiplayer elements, which I'll touch on in just a moment. Uh, the, as far as the Doom games, I mean, I really enjoyed playing these things when 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 I was younger. When when I was a kid, we had them on the our, our PC. I think we had the the original Doom on the computer at home. Our first PC we played. Yes, I, I really really had fun with that game. It was great. It was delicious. This one. Is the first Doom game I've played in a number of years. I I didn't play Doom three. Doom three was the, crap. It it wasn't that great. What I saw of it, um, now the I did see some of the uh the the reboot that came out in twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. The one that this game is a direct sequel to. Yes. And that gameplay, that game looked fantastic it, it looked like it would be a lot of fun to play i just didn't have opportunity haven't had opportunity to play that one yet um so i enjoy the gameplay and the and the fighting mechanics in this because it's really just 
it's go go go. There's no you, if you stand still, you're dead. I mean, the, the the demons will will eat your face. You can't you can't stop moving. You have to continually go and move and shoot and stab and whatever to you know keep from keep from dying Rip and keep moving and forward. Tear. Now, it, they've added for this this edition of the Doom franchise. They've added in dash. Mm-hmm. And wall cl- wall climbing, mm-hmm. which you know those two things make made made it a lot more interesting. Also, and the fire, um, and the what? The fire. Tell them about and that. The flamethrower. Fire. Fire. Fire's great. I'm, I've got that here somewhere. Hold on. <laughs> that's added in too, because that wasn't in uh, the reboot. Okay, so that that's that's a new thing. So. What happens when you set the demons on fire is that they 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 drop little pieces of armor that you can pick up, mm-hmm. and it um, you know helps you to stay alive. So anyway, playing as the Doom Slayer, the player is thrown immediately into life or death combat with only a combat shotgun and their wits. Okay, <laughs> so these demons coming at you are faster, meaner, and more vicious than the ones in the previous game. Character models were updated to more closely resemble the characters from the original Doom games, and some new demons have been added for this specific iteration. The Marauder and the Doom Hunter were added. Let me tell you something about that Those, Marauder. Fuck that guy. Yeah, I know, right? That somebody just rough. Anyway, the Marauder and the Doom Hunter are the two new demons that they've added, and then they've got uh, also brought back the Pain Elemental, the Arachnatron, and the Archvile. Well, the Arachnatron is modeled after the final boss in the first, uh, the Doom reboot. Yeah. yeah. And so the uh, the game is set up to be played, like I said, a single-player campaign for the most part. That's the main mode you play in. Uh, there is a multiplayer mode that is a 2v1 deathmatch called Battle Mode. In this mode, two players take on the role of demons and try to defeat a fully loaded Doom Slayer. All right, there are currently only five demon types to choose from. They're the Marauder, the Mancubus, the Pain Elemental, the Revenant, and the Archbile. There are plans to add more types, more demon types in future updates. There's a second multiplayer option called Invasion that hasn't been implemented yet. Which we're waiting and for. This this mode allows another player to join his friend his or her friend's game as a demon mm-hmm. to harass and hinder the Doomslayer. Yeah, that should be fun, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Must have it. I must have it. <laughs> and see, there's there are other new additions to this sequel that weren't in the 2016 Doom, like the Fortress of Doom, you know, the central hub where you... Yes. You, you, you take the Sentinel batteries that you pick up in the missions and you go and you unlock different things. Like, I've, I've, I've unlocked the original Doom guy costume from, you know, the, the Doom... Yeah, Knights. you're getting pretty close to the end. Yeah, so you know, there's there's that. You can unlock cosmetic items as well as upgrade points for the for your suit of armor. Um, there, throughout each mission, there's a lot of things to find, little secrets, little things you can pick up. Like uh, Chris was talking about uh, collecting, or yeah, cr- talking about collecting pops the other uh, earlier about the, you know the little pop figures. Well, some of the secrets, or most of the secrets, you go and find in this game in the mission levels are little action figures that sort of look like pop figures. Oh, nice. And in the Fortress they, of Doom... They are you, pop you figures. Have your, 
Huh? They are pop figures. Yeah, in the Fortress of Doom, you have uh, in your own little um, quarter area where your stuff is, you have shelves where you go into your, you can go into your room and look at all the little pop figures that you found. I thought oh, yeah. that. Was, well, I thought I had that to play this. Pretty, yeah, I thought that was pretty. <laughs> neat. You also unlock uh, uh, albums that you can play the the original soundtracks with. Mm-hmm. Uh, cheat mm-hmm. codes. Yep, you pick up cheat codes. You get. Uh, uh, one-up tokens, which are extra men, which is also, I think, a new addition for this. They didn't have the uh, one-up extra man, uh, what you call it, mechanic in the 2016 reboot. And what that does is it allows you to start immediately where you died instead of uh, having to go all the way back to the checkpoint. So you, it, it, if you have extra lives that you've found, then as soon as you die, it brings you right back and you keep fighting. So I thought that was pretty cool. And those things stack. You can have, I don't know, I've had up, I've had as many as 10 at one any given time. I like that. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. I thought so. Now, like I said, there's lots of, there's other stuff to find. I mean, you find the one-up tokens, you get sentinel batteries, which you use to unlock things in the, in the fortress. You can find praetor suits, points your predator suit is what your you know your armor is called and in sentinel crystals and those sentinel crystals allow you to upgrade your uh, ammo capacity your um the amount of armor that you have or that you're allowed to have at any one point and uh the the amount of health hit points that you can have you can use those sentinel crystals as you find them to upgrade those things um let's see uh there's like I was saying about the secrets, there's a lot of other, a lot of secrets to find. You know the, the little pop figures, and then you've got uh, things called Slayer Gates. There are six Slayer Gates that you have to find, and when you find them, and you go, you you go, you have to find a Slayer Gate key to unlock the gate. Well, once you <laughs> unlock the gate, there's this uh, pillar or something inside this gate that's got a big glowing purple orb on it. When you activate the orb, and it sends you to a combat arena. And you have to kill all the uh, several waves of demons that get increasingly larger and meaner. And once you complete that, you get um, what's the key called, Zach? That you get um, from defeating the Slayer Gate. Oh shit! Why do you keep asking me questions? Because <laughs> you've played you you you're playing this game too. I mean, I, I can't remember I, the name uh, of the key. But once you collect these six keys. You take them into your fortress, and there's an area you go to to unlock a weapon. It's called the weapon is called the Unmaker. Now I have yet it's a to big see sword. anything about that. I haven't found any videos with the Unmaker in it, but it's just called a Slayer Key or Imp- Empyrean Keys. There you go, Empyrean Keys. That's what I was trying to think of. So you get those Empyrean keys, there's six of them, and you put them into this machine, and it gives you the Unmaker. And apparently this Unmaker is some kind of... It's a sword. Yeah, it's a sword like your... You uh, know the big sword that you run down in that one part? It's that. Mm -hmm. It's just a small version for you to total ramp. Oh, nice. Which you get one of those anyway. That's called the, uh, the Crucible. That you carry, you can use. You get if you pick up the crucible points, you get three attacks. If you you have to, you can carry three crucible points, and you can use that to to kill the big 
demons in one hit. Those things, it sort of looks like a glory kill once you kill when you kill one with it. Um, let's see. There's other orb stations called secret enemy encounters. Now, I'm not, I'm not sure what happens when you get all of those, other than you know when you do it, what it does, it just pops this little group of enemies into the world, and it gives you a certain amount of time to kill them. And if you complete that, if you you get a certain amount of XP, and I think there's health and ammo and armor and some other stuff that drops when you do that. Okay, so apparently the Unmaker is a gun, uh, but it's in the shape of a sword. It's fucking weird. Oh, nice. So it's like a sort of like BFG. Oh, okay. Okay. All right, so the game has, in the fortress, it has an area you can go in the main control room area. You can uh, go to the one of the monitors, and it's mission select. And it lets you go back and redo the missions that you've already completed in case you miss one of the secrets or one of the cheats or, you know, something like that. In case If you miss something, you can go back and get it. But in the mission select playthroughs, you can use the cheat codes that you find. I mean, IDDQD, anybody? Yeah, correct. Hmm? Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The only thing, if you... If you um, use a cheat code, you can't get the Slayer key to open the Slayer gates. So you gotta That's be, correct. Got to be mindful of that. That's correct. The Slayer gates are the only things you can't do while you're using the cheat codes. You have to go back without using the cheat codes to actually complete them. Yeah, your level now, progress is fine, but you just yes, can't that, finish that. Right. That's the only like you anything you like extra men. If you pick up extra men while you're in the cheat using the cheat codes, you get to keep those. Any of the other secrets you unlock, the little action figures you find, the albums, the or the the music albums. Those and, are great. The music albums yeah, are awesome. I thought so. It's pretty ba. All right. And so all of your old favorite weapons are back. You got the combat shotgun, the super shotgun, the heavy cannon, rocket launcher, plasma rifle, ballista, and everybody's all-time favorite, the BFG 9000. Yes. The super shotgun has the added bonus of having a grappling hook attached. It can be fired at demons to pull the slayer toward them. So, in the only upgrade that I've noticed that you can do for the super shotgun, the grappling hook itself, you can make it where it sets the demons on fire. As when you shoot them with it, all right, it sets them on fire. And when you when you set the demons on fire, like we were talking about earlier, it causes them to drop bits of armor. So it's just it's just really cool to see them on fire, man. I like that. It's <laughs> it's pretty badass. You shoot them with that grappling hook, and what it does, it also allows you to go from. If you're within range, it pulls you across the map. So if you like, if you need to get from one side of the map to the other, or one side of the little area in your you're in to the other, you just throw your grappling hook at one of the demons, and it pulls you over to where they're at, and you kill them. So usually with a super shotgun, depending on the size of the demon that you're attacking, you can kill it in one shot. Some of the bigger guys, not so much, but the smaller ones, yeah, you can kill them in one shot. Um, and a glory kill. Once you shoot a demon so many times, it knocks it, dazes it. They call it faltering. Yeah. Once once you falter the demon, then you go up and you 
you hit your attack button and it it does it what what's called a glory kill, which you know sometimes it'll shove the doom blade through the thing's head or it'll. It all depends on which angle. Or, yeah, it just depends where you're coming from when you hit it. And when you do the glory kills, it drops health. Um, and if you set them on fire first, you get health that on. And right. Yeah. And then if you cut them up, if they're the smaller demons, you can cut them with your chainsaw. So you can mm-hmm. get all three. You can get ammo, armor, and health from one enemy if you do it correct. Right. And then uh, the bigger the bigger demons you can attack with a chainsaw if you have enough fuel. There's some if of them you can't. Enough... Yeah. The, well, yeah. That's because you just don't have enough fuel. It, uh, it's like if you want to do like the big skeleton, the rockets. That's the uh, Fucking, yeah, the revenant. Yeah, the revenant. Yeah. Um, you had to have three containers of gasoline to saw him up. So. Oh wow! So yeah, there's that. And then um, another thing that has been sort of, I think, in was added to the uh, to the Slayer armor was the shoulder-mounted equipment launcher. It fires frag grenades or ice bombs. Yes. And then there's the belch cannon, which the is belch, the shoulder-mounted the flamethrower. Flame Sets the demons on fire, and so on fire. It's, it's seriously, man. You need to get this game. Right. I'm telling you, I'm gonna check it out for real. You got me convinced. Maybe you should go swimming in the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> it looks pretty fun. Oh, I love swimming in the ocean, especially on that game raft. It's really good. Salt water's right. great for your your skin. <laughs> so the uh, the uh, the potential for slaughter and mayhem is just fantastic. I mean, there's so many ways to kill demons in this game, dude. <laughs> I mean, it's ridiculous. And the the story of the game is a direct continuation of the story from 2016 reboot. I think I said that earlier. Yes, but... which a crazy bitch done opened a hole, mm-hmm. and you gotta. It's just like when you're at a bar, girl picks a fight with some dude and you have to fight him. Yep. Yeah. It's that kind of shit. Yep. See, Id and Bethesda did a really good job. Well, Bethesda, I mean, they just produced it. Published it. Yeah, they just published it. They didn't it make there. I get that. I don't think they made anything. No. Id, Thank goodness. Id was the you know, primary developer. and Of course, they were the ones that came up with the idea for Doom to start with back in the day. Back in the day, you know, when we were, when we were younger, but I, I was worried when I heard that Bethesda was the publisher, you know, because you know sometimes publishers have a little influence on the game development and things. Well, I mean, like they that. published I mean, after, the remake, so yeah. I mean, after the after the, what happened with Fallout seventy six, I was a little worried, but it all turned out okay. I mean, this game's badass. It's freaking awesome. If you, lo- I'll say to to the listeners, if if you guys are fans of the original Doom games. The ones from back in the day, some of you older people that are listening, you should get this game. It's badass. You need to play it. And some of you younger people that have never played any of the other Doom games, or if you've only seen the 2016 sequel, it's definitely worth your time and money. I mean, it's a fantastic game. I need to get the VR version of the first, uh, the 2016 one. There's a VR version? Yeah, Doom VFR. Oh, that's right. You told you we you mentioned that one time. Yeah, it stands for virtual fucking reality. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's right, awesome. al- right along the same lines as the BFG. That's right. And I that does it, stand man. for big fucking gun. It yes, does. it does. Mm-hmm. Yep. Quite. That is 
That is the literal translation, guys. Literal, literal translation. So yeah, that's um, you know, aside from uh, reiterating again, the game is badass. That's that's pretty much all I got. Anybody got anything to add? You convinced me to buy this game. Play the game. Definitely going to check it out. If you don't have it, buy it. There's no reason you shouldn't, unless you don't have a good computer or a console. If you don't, (laughs) build a computer, buy a console. Well, you can't buy a console. They're mostly sold out right now. Build a computer because you can still get computer parts. Right. So there you go. Yep i've I've had a re- I've had fun with this playing this game. It's it's pretty bad. I dig it. Oh yeah, we're gonna check it out for real. All right, well, good segment, Scott. Enjoyed that. I was listening to that pretty well. I was reading your notes too, so that game got me convinced. That's Doom- cool. <clears throat> Doom Eternal cool. sounds really fun. I'm glad I was able to. Um, to influence your decisions. You have. You, you are an influencer now, sir. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, man. That's that's pushing the envelope a little, I think. <laughs> well, we got uh, one more segment to do, guys. Before we get to that segment, there's going to be a quick little commercial about my short story, The Sorcerer's Cabin Loves Sacrifice. Hope you'll give it a chance. Go check it out. Uh, leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads. And... Uh, You'll hear all about that in this next commercial. And then after that, we're going to see you for our last segment, our future segment. we talk about Paper Mario, the origami king. Talk to you in just a sec. The authorities are baffled as a string of disappearances at Rose Lake campgrounds remain unsolved. A media storm of terror erupts, creating panic and fear in the area. Despite the cloud of danger covering Rose Lake, an adventurous, naive couple embark on a camping trip that changes their lives forever. The Sorcerer's Cabin Love Sacrifice is a short story by me, Christopher D. Horton. It is my very first published work, and it is on Amazon.com. You can get it on Kindle or paperback, whichever one you prefer. The links are down in the description of this podcast. And if you like fantasy adventure tales... This book is for you, so please consider supporting me by going and getting your copy today. And also, once you read your copy, please leave a review on Amazon and let me know what you think about my first short story. Okay, thank you so much for listening, and I'm going to take you back to the podcast where we're talking about video games. I hope you're having a good time, and thank you so much for listening. All right, gamers, welcome back. Thank you for listening to that little commercial about my very good book, The Sorcerer's Cabin, Love Sacrifice. I really think you'll enjoy it. Scott and Zach will tell you they love it. They love it. Yeah, it was great. Yes. And Zach will definitely tell you he loves it. I actually (laughs) liked it. It's a good book. Um, Trust me, if they didn't like it, they would say it. That's a promise. Oh, yeah. But... (laughs) <laughs> but we're not here to talk about that anymore you heard about that now we're going to talk about a game that i'm looking forward to it's coming out july 17th 2020 it's called paper mario the origami king nintendo surprised a lot of people last week with this announcement and, uh, a lot of people have been wanting another paper mario since the one on 
Wii U didn't do so well because Wii U didn't really do so well. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. All right, so this console for this game is the Nintendo Switch. Again, I said release date is July 17, 2020. And the fun stuff to know about this game is that uh, Paper Mario the Origami King is the sixth game in the Paper Mario series. Paper the Mario first is very popular. Paper Mario game debuted in... 2000, 2001 on the Nintendo 64. There's been five other Paper Mario yes. games? I yes. only knew there was one. Well, there was, yes. wasn't there one on the DS and the 3DS? Mm-hmm. There was one on the Nintendo 64, GameCube, Wii, and there was a handheld version and then on the 3DS, I believe, and then Wii U. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this is the sixth title in the series, and the Paper Mario games actually uh, were a spawn off a sequel of a series called Super Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars. Great game, Super that, Nintendo. I remember the Super Mario RPG. Yeah, if yes. you own that cartridge, hold on to it. Oh yeah, it's very made, valuable. Made by Tecmo, wasn't it? Uh, so I was, it was kidding. <laughs> um, not Tecmo. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Squaresoft, by the way. Yeah. And uh, in case you didn't know, yeah. Uh, Squaresoft, they just made a little game called Final Fantasy, you know. That's very true. So, Paper Mario kind of spun off of that game, Super Mario RPG, and it's an RPG style game. All the Paper Marios are RPG style, and they have been very popular throughout the years. The first five games total have over 10.1 million copies sold. Dang. And it should be more if the Wii U was more popular because the highest sales for any of the Paper Mario so far was the Wii Super Paper Mario, and it sold 4.23 million units. Damn. Dang. And the lowest amount of sales for Paper Mario was the Wii U Paper Mario Color Splash. It only sold 186,000 copies worldwide. Yeah, but like, didn't they only sell like forty-five of the Wii U's? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Somebody went and bought a bunch of these color splashes. They were excited. <laughs> exactly. So Insane. that number's pretty low, but not surprising with the Wii U's failure. I wouldn't consider it a total failure. There was some good I stuff on there. I didn't understand why it, it failed so hard. Is it because people didn't know what it was? Did they think it Listen, was just a... It's just like with the um, Wii, people didn't want to get up and move around. They're lazy fucks. Yeah, with well, the, Wii, the Wii U, you didn't have to get up and move around. You didn't around. have you didn't to, that's to. correct. The controller in and the I mean, it, was, it did a great job of um, letting you play on a wireless display where mm-hmm. the console was still using its hardware to push... Uh, the graphics of the game versus where the switch is now when you dock it um it just goes into like hyper mode or turbo mode and then mm. you hear the fan get really loud because the console gets hot when you're playing in 1080p um yeah. versus you know what's on the the little screen that you're holding in your hand but right but you know, that's where the switch came from basically you can tell but another um, there was another company that had something similar to the Switch, and they sued Nintendo at first. And I don't know if Nintendo ever paid or Nintendo won. I didn't even look into it because it wasn't worth my time. Because the Switch exists, 
And as far as I know, Nintendo's not having to pay anybody when they sell one. Yeah. Sort of like they did with the 3DS, and that's why they stopped making the 3DS. There's like, nah, we got 2DS then. We're fine. <laughs> well, see, I've got a, I've got a Wii U. You know, I, I talk, we also talked about have this. one, yes. We I talked have one about as well. it a while back. You know, I bought it for like 50 bucks and got, you know, four or five games with it. But I played the console. I enjoyed the console. The game I played on it was uh, Breath of the Wild. I mean, I mean... Yeah. The controls. You played were... Breath of the Wild on the Wii U. Yeah. How did that look? It was great. Oh, I'm sure it looked beautiful. Yeah, it's HD. I mean, we that's the reason I bought the Wii U in the first place because they put uh, Twilight Princess HD and Wind Waker HD on it. Hmm. But see the yeah, the console. Like I said, the the console was great. I mean, I I had a Mario game that that came with it. It was. Uh, I forget Mario's 3D World or something like that. I mean, it was just yeah, 3D World was just a, awesome. Yeah, 3D World's fun. Yeah, I mean, it was really. I mean, the the console itself. I didn't. I didn't have any problems with it. It ran well. It ran the games well. I, I just don't didn't understand why it wasn't any better received than it was. It didn't make sense to me. Well, well it, was it didn't have a lot fault. of third party uh, support. Nintendo did a poor job of marketing it and people did not like that big hunking controller with the screen on it. People did not like it. Even though they love the switch because I haven't been able to sell a switch in a number of weeks now. No. Well, the switch made make sense because it's portable. You can take it anywhere you want. Like with the big, the big remote control with the big screen on it, you couldn't leave the console. You had to stay right there. Hmm. Well, I mean, I understand the appeal of the Switch because it's one that you can, if you've got a dock, you can put it in the dock and you can play it on your big screen TV. And then when you get ready to leave, if you're a kid, you're going to ride in the car for two hours. You can take it with you and sit in the back seat and play it like a handheld, like a like a 2DS or 3DS or whatever. I mean, I get the appeal, but... Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, that, just that quick, that one little change. Mm-hmm. Now Nintendo's dominating the market again. They're catching up to the PlayStation Four. You know, right? They're it's crazy. They're selling so fast. But yeah, so Nintendo is jumping on that. They're putting out new games, Paper Mario, Origami King, for example. They need to build One. more consoles. <laughs> That's um, what they, they need to do. With the pandemic and everything, they really sold more than expected. I'm sure. Well, I mean, most of that shit's done by robots, so pandemic didn't hinder that. I'm just saying most more people are buying them now, so they weren't expecting that uptick. Um, but in the middle of this, you know, in the springtime, it's not their hottest time for sales. It's hmm, right. It's the, they wait for the fall and the. Yeah, but that's what we should season. do every week: is have a pan or every week, every every spring, have a pandemic. That way, we can uh, everybody can have a longer uh, vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Or we could just be, we could treat American workers better and give them more time off, like other countries do. But anyway, that's political. So let's go back to the Paper Mario game, Origami King, that's coming out in July. We have some story and details. And this is straight from Nintendo's website. They did such a good job describing this game. I did not see a point in rewriting any of it. Um, and we'll go through just some of the highlights here. The Kingdom. This is the story, by the way. The kingdom has been ravaged by an origami menace. Join Mario and his new partner, Olivia, 
As they battle evil folded soldiers, repair the damaged landscape, and try to free Princess Peach's castle from the clutches of King Ollie in this comedy-filled adventure. So that looks pretty cool, right? Mm. It's got a new sidekick, of course. In the Paper Mario games, he always has some kind of crazy character with him. Yeah. Um, and the RPG games are always kind of silly and fun. So King Ollie is basically taken over. He's He has captured Princess Peach. And he is the ruler of the origami kingdom. So now everything is folded up in different shapes and stuff. So Paper Mario is taking another dimension. It's going into a different style. And then we all know Nintendo's great at adapting their games and, and changing them up and freshening them up. Making them just a little bit different. Make them just a little more, you know, appealing. And it just gives them some kind of cool little twist. And they're doing the same thing here with the origami uh, stuff. So like um, so on the journey to liberate Peach's castle, Mario does meet Olivia, and that's King Ollie's sister. So she's trying to stop her brother, hmm. and ba- and Bowser has even fell to King Ollie. Uh, his even mi- Bowser's minions have been turned into origami folded soldiers and betray Koopa. They tr- betray the Koopa King, mm-hmm. and he he's an ally to Mario and Olivia in this game. So Bowser and Mario are teaming up, which is pretty cool. Now, I don't know if the, there's, they've got a system in this game called Ring Battles. And I've seen a, I've seen a little uh, highlight of it. It's in the trailer, too, but there's also a little video showing it more in depth. It's pretty interesting. You, you're in the ring. It's like a dartboard-looking thing. And the, the enemies can surround you in this ring. But Mario has this little move where he can... You have so many moves, you can rotate them around and try to line them all up. If you line them all up properly, you can do a little combo moves on them. And it's mm-hmm. a turn-based fighting type of game, RPG. So you can... Uh, Mario has this uh, ability called the Thousand Fold Arms. So he can interact with the landscape to pull, pill, hit, and more. So he can pull back different scenes... Fold it over to make it do different things, all kinds of stuff with his a thousand fold arms ability. It looks pretty cool. It's like a an accordion effect. His arms will stretch out, and then they'll be folded up like an accordion, hmm. and then he can reach out and grab stuff and things. It's pretty pretty interesting, a little dynamic. That's cool. And so this game is really they're really hyping up the humor in this game. Yeah. And Paper Mario's have always been pretty good. The ones I've played, I've always been pretty cute and fun. That kind of thing. So there's your story, and there's your game mechanics. The origami is taking Paper Mario, and you're just folding it up, and different kind of game mechanics and enemies and things of that nature happen. So Nintendo again, bravo! I think it's a wonderful idea. Um, my opinion: this game will compete with Super Paper Mario on the Wii as the best-selling game in the series. The Switch's popularity right now and Mario's popularity right now is very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, this game's going to fly off the shelf, so it's going to—it'll definitely sell close to four million copies, in my prediction. And then something I noticed about this game, which I, which definitely appealed to me, when I started watching the trailer, I was like, "Man, what does this remind me of?" Because this is pretty awesome. It reminds me of something I played, and then I thought about it. It's a game on the PlayStation Vita. It's called Tearaway. I played this game on my channel. I actually did some live streams on it. And Tearaway, you 
have to manipulate the world with your hands underneath the screen on the PlayStation Vita. It's got a touchpad on the back, right? You yeah. can poke your fingers up through the holes, and but everything is shaped like origami in Tearaway. And Tearaway actually has where you, when you're venturing through, you can unlock these little origami instructions, and you can pull them up on your computer and teach your kids how to fold these origami shapes. That's actually in the game too. Hmm. So Tearaway was a very unique type of game. I'd never seen anything like it. And now I think Nintendo definitely had to be inspired by that game. They had to have been. Right. Because it's very uh, similar to that. And how they took Paper Mario and they shaped it with the origami. And it's kind of, if you if you go look at some clips of Tearaway and then look at your trailer for this game, it's like, whoa. Not saying Nintendo stole the idea. I just think they were inspired by it and, and applied it correctly to their game. Hmm. Yeah, I remember it's, watching you play that uh, Tearaway. That was an interesting game for the the kind of game it was. It was interesting to watch. Yeah, it was a really neat. Tearaway did a lot of cool things. Like uh, one part was the sun. If you looked up the, looked up at the sun with your character, they could see your face because the camera would. Uh, there was basically a hole in the sun where we're basically watching everything unfold. Uh, I get it. And the character, you could look up and you could see your face because you're the one. And they're like, the whole time they're talking about the person above is trying to help us get to defeat this and unlock unlock the lands and get rid of the of evil and all that stuff. And then you could look up and there's your face. And you're like, hey, that's me. Mm-hmm. Um, so Paper Mario looks awesome. The Origami King looks pretty cool. I'm excited for it. I will be picking it up probably at least a, within a month of it releasing, I'll have it. Right. Because I've got so many games to play. I mean, my YouTube channel, Bang Bang, Potato, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, great game. I'm looking forward to it. So what do you guys think? Well, I'm I most likely won't play it because uh, I don't have time. <laughs> <laughs> it's well, not because I don't like the game it's just because I do not have I've got so many games that I need to play it's insane right well see I I might be I might watch it it's something that I'd be interested in watching somebody else play but it's not uh, I mean turn based RPGs has never been has never been one of my you know one of my favorite genres now there was one that I did like that I actually played myself and I watched you guys play when we were, you know, growing up. That was Final Fantasy VII. And I, I really enjoyed that game. And I, like I said, I played it myself. But I, I just, you know, turn-based, turn-based combat's always been a, I don't know, not my favorite of the genres. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect you two guys to play this game at all. Um, I played Mario not, games. And it's not, bec- and, not, and it's not because you don't like it. It's just, just like you said, time. Um, and turn-based strategies. Turn-based RPG games aren't my favorite either, but the Mario ones are usually pretty good. One of my favorite ones is uh, Luigi Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga. Hmm. It was on the DS. I played it back in 2005. And I couldn't couldn't wait to get home from work and play that game. I mean, I played it in, every day until it was done. It was well, I was surprised myself. 
but the gameplay Nintendo does a great job of making the f- gameplay fresh, and mm-hmm. they turn a turn based a turn based strategy game into oh okay if you hit this button at this time and it powers up your attack and or it changes the attack and so you got to pay attention you can't just hit you're not just hitting okay attack a a a attack you actually right. gonna, you're actually timing your button hits you're like okay a at this point will make Mario jump on top of Luigi and Luigi will throw it up in the sky and he'll smash the Goomba and it's pretty fun. Pretty fun game. Yeah. So this one I know will have similar type of things. Pretty interesting stuff. So that's all I got for Paper Mario Origami King. I think it's going to be great. I think it's going to be great. So go check that out. July 17th, 2020. That's only a month and a half away. It's not far. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's the 28th of May right now. So, Well, for us it is. If you're listening Mm -hmm. to this, it's probably further down the road, but that's okay too. Well, hopefully this will be out by, look at the calendar. My goal to have this done on June 3rd. So hopefully you're hearing this on June 3rd. That is Wednesday of a week. Yeah, the next week after this one. Yeah, it's a week from today. Oh yeah, this Wednesday is it? Well, today's Thursday technically, it's since it's after midnight. Birthday. Awesome. Well, we're gonna have to get that done for her birthday. She just wants to hear this for her birthday, okay, Scott? So we need that soundtrack spotlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. You can. Shall do my best. <laughs> Not tomorrow though. I know you're busy tomorrow. Yeah, end of the month. We're all me, me and you both be busy this next. End of the day. month. Uh, Death oh, no Dealer doubt. is on his uh, period, and then. Uh, uh, oh, what? I'm on my exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> question one. <laughs> so, so Zach, since, uh, Zach, where, where can everybody find you these days? What's going on with you? Um, YouTube, Genova Destro, uh, Twitter at Genova Destro. Twitch, if you want to see me live, is Genova Destro. And if you have any comments, questions, or concerns, please forward those to uh, Tonic or the webpage, and we'll get back to you, as, or he might, uh, as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, you can leave comments. Podbean is a great place to leave comments. It's, uh, it's a little easier than uh, iTunes. Really don't, I don't, you can leave a comment on your review, but that's not... You can't just leave comments every time. Podbean has a place where you can read comments all the time. Well, it's because so Scott, iTunes is more sophisticated. It's fine. iTunes is lazy. Sophisticated. Um, <laughs> so, Scott, what about you? Do you do anything these days? I don't see you anywhere. So, what's going on with you? I, well, you know, mostly I just uh, work and sleep. <laughs> <laughs> what? Wow. This guy is so exciting. <laughs> I play some vi- I play some video games occasionally, but I haven't I haven't put any videos up in a while. I oh, mean, wow. my YouTube channel's still there, so you know, the Games of Death is my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm on Twitter. It's at uh, Death Dealer Three. Um, and dot com dot org dot gov. That's pretty much it. And then you got uh, the Horton Grimm Horton Grimm dot com Horton Grimm. Come see us. Yeah. Send us fan you, you can hear me on the podcast. <laughs> well, unless I turn him way down in the edit, and we'll see. Well, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. All right. Well, yep. So maybe one day Death Dealer Scott will 
get back on the horse. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> on YouTube. And he is here on the podcast. We are happy to have you here, Scott. All right. Well, if you want to find me, of course, you can go to my YouTube channel. Bang, bang. Yeah, that hurts your ears, but it's an exciting time there. We've got a great community building up over there right now, so please come check it out. I think you'll have a good time. Super Mario Maker 2 is the main game I play now, and Animal Crossing mixed in, among a few other things here and there. Mario Kart 8, for instance. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter. It is bangbangpotato1 at Twitter, or twitter.com slash bangbangpotato1, whatever it is. And also can find me on Instagram at Christopher D. Horton Author. That is my Instagram name now, Christopher D. Horton Author, because I am an author now. So, so yeah. fancy. What's I'm up fancy. with fancy? Fancy, fancy, I'm a fancy boy. It's fun, and I really would love for you guys to check out my book, Sorcerer's Cabin. Love Sacrifice Part 2 to that series is coming out in the fall. And I will go ahead and tell you the next title is... The Sorcerer's Ride loves compliance. So check it out in the fall. It's coming out in the fall. Yeah, the fall. All right, well, that is today's episode. Scott and Zach, appreciate the, the hang. It was really fun talking some games with you guys. Yep, I enjoyed it. Whee! And uh, this is the part of the podcast where we say goodbye. Goodbye. Laters. Bye, everybody.